But it's great to have you here with us this morning for the uh, leaders' members meeting. Uh, For those of our regular church folk, you'll know what's happening this morning. For those of you who are visiting with us and you just happen to pick this morning to come, welcome. You're in for a ride. Uh, But before we get into the the formalities of this morning, and they're not just formalities, they're exciting things that are going to happen this morning. This morning, I have about 15 minutes to chat to you. So this morning, I really just want to come and drop a thought with you. Something that I've been challenged on and, and something that I pray will challenge you. Because as we reach the end of the year, let's not, let, let, how many of us can agree that we reach this time of year and we kind of think into the next year? We start thinking, maybe for some of you, you, you did that in like June. Well done. For those of us who aren't there yet... We start around about now. We start planning for 2019. We start planning for the next year. And maybe last year around about this time, you started planning for 2018. And you put all sorts of plans in place. Uh, Chapters. You you, you planned your chapter events for 2019. Um, If you haven't started, I'd I'd highly recommend it. Um, For those of you within your areas, within your regions, you know, planning for the year to come. And, and, and for those of us who aren't in a chapter or area or anything like that, but we have a family, we have a job, we, we, we have uh, social activities, we look into 2019 or we, you may have looked into 2018 from 2017 and, and, and made certain plans. And if you're honest, this year didn't really go the way you planned like if, if we're honest, we, we look into the year and we realize that, that maybe things didn't quite go according to plan. And we may feel that regardless of all the planning, the outcome remained the same as the year before. And, and because of this, because nothing really changed, possibly, Maybe stuff changed for you. Praise God for that. But for some folks, you may be stuck in a place where you're feeling like, you know what, I don't really feel like anything really shifted from 2017 to 2018. So what makes 2019 any different? What what makes planning a worthwhile exercise? And there's this, there's this level of discontent that sinks in, and we spoke through it last week, and if you didn't hear last week's message, hop onto your favorite podcast app and go listen to it on the Bikers Church Midrand. It's, it's worthwhile. But this discontentment is fueled in our lives because nothing really changed. And then this fuels a brand new level of resistance to change. You know, I don't want to change. I've never wanted to change. So I've tried to change. It didn't really work for me. So now I know I should just never change. I mean, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but, but in your own, just sitting in your seat now, like lift your hand in your mind. How many of you hate change? I see those hands. There we go. And change is so necessary for us, folks. Change, in your chapter, change is necessary. In your area, change is necessary. In your region, change is necessary. In your family, change is necessary. In your personal walk with God, change is necessary. It's called maturity. It's called growth. 
This change is vitally important. If we don't think that change is important, we seriously need to stop and consider the outcome of so many possibly organizations that just failed to change. Consider Kodak, the film company. We are told that in the 1980s, they were given the technology they had. They developed the technology for digital cameras in the 1980s. They decided not to use it because they are in the photo printing business. No, they are actually in the memory business. And they failed to see that. They failed to change. And today, how many of you have uh, got developed Kodaks over the past two weeks? Any hands? Any? How's about blockbuster videos? Video stores. That was the thing, wasn't it? Friday night. Go to the video store, rent a movie for the whole family, and then rent a movie for mom and dad when the kids go to sleep. (laughs) The whole of Midran doesn't have one single video store. Why? Because something came out called Netflix, called Showmax, called all sorts of online sites where you can watch movies. You don't have to delay your bath time and you don't have to delay your slippers and your gown you can you don't have to go to the shops heck no log on which movie would you like to watch scroll 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 and it takes about two hours just to find a movie because there's so many choices somewhere along the line someone decided not to change and now they're out of business And I believe within our own personal lives, the same applies, folks. I believe that if we, if we aren't willing to change, if we're not willing to allow God to, to address certain things in our lives, there's going to come a point in our lives where we actually end up being irrelevant to the people around us, irrelevant to the world around us that so desperately needs for us to be relevant. Now, if we're honest, resistance to change is nothing new. Uh, we even see it in, in Jesus' time. There's this, there's this moment where, um, where, where Matthew records a conversation between Jesus and his disciples, and specifically Peter. I mean, he gets in on the action. Whenever someone says something really out of left field, Peter has to be involved. Um, and here we see in this conversation, Jesus addresses change with his disciples. He addresses change, but at the same time, Jesus is met with resistance to that change. But his response to this resistance, I believe for you and me is absolutely worth paying attention to Jesus makes a statement within this response that is recorded six times throughout the Gospels. One statement recorded six times throughout the Gospels, three different occasions to three different groups of people. I think it's worth paying attention to what he said there if he thought it worth repeating at least three times and at least six of the guys recording it. It says this, 
Matthew 16, verse 21 to 25. You're welcome to turn with me in your Bibles, or as Mozzie would say, if you don't have your Bible with you, go sit next to a Christian and they will help you. All right. Verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. And as we look into, if we pause there after verse 22, just kind of hit pause for a moment. Right here, what Jesus is really saying to his disciples is, he says, consider that somewhere along the line, I found you washing nets. I found you washing nets. And, and you know what? Quite honestly, you were happy washing nets. You were comfortable. You were satisfied washing nets, fishing nets. Your lives were going great. And then I come and I, I disrupt your, un, your comfortable. I disrupt your comfort. I say to you, hey, come, follow me. And right there in that moment, as, as, as Jesus says to them, come, follow me. Like you didn't like it. Well, granted, it was exciting at times, but in the beginning, it, it was the excitement was outweighed by by the fact that it was rather uncomfortable, and everything changed. But then, then you got used to it, and as you got used to it, you just absolutely loved being with me. You loved spending time with me. You loved engaging with me. You loved listening to the stories that I would tell that would speak into your lives. You loved going with me and, and seeing incredible healings and, 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 and being involved in elements of ministry. You, you really loved it. And right now, you're loving it so much, you don't want it to change. But I'm telling you that God has a plan. And in order for God's plan to happen, things need to change. Things need to change. Enter Peter, verse 22. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. What's Peter saying here? He's saying, God and his angels forbid that what you just said actually happens. Like, I'm sure God doesn't want this, and I definitely won't allow this. Man stepping into God's plans. Let's carry on. Verse 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. It's quite a response. It's quite a, I, I, I'll be honest, I've done some pretty gnarly things in my life, but I've never actually felt like God has said, said to me, get away from me, Satan. Um, so the fact that he says this to Peter, like th there was great reason. There was exceptionally good reason why Jesus says to Peter, get away from me, Satan. He says, you are a dangerous trap to me. You're a dangerous trap to me. What you've just said feeds into my desires, not God's. I'm not interested. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's he carries on he says then Jesus said to his disciples and here's the statement that that we find six times in the gospel 
It's this statement here. He says, then Jesus says to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. As we consider this entire portion, here Jesus is speaking to his disciples about a necessary change that has to happen in order for God's plan to be fulfilled. And he, he, he says to them, everything you've known up until now is going to change, but it's going to change for the better. You might just not be able to see it right now. And then Peter says, Lord, this cannot happen. And I want to, I want to combine this, this, this response that Jesus, the, the words that Peter says and Jesus' response, I want, I want to combine it like this. Essentially, as Peter says to him, Lord, this can't happen. This is what Jesus says to him in response. He says to Peter, by you resisting change, you are actually resisting God's plan. By you resisting change, the needed change, you are resisting God's plan. You are resisting the furthering of God's kingdom. Ultimately, you are resisting me. But there's another option. There's another option. If you choose not to resist me, you can follow me. You can become mine. And if you want to come after me, if you want to follow me, man, then you've got to lay down your comforts. You've got to lay down your plans. You've got to lay down your ideas. You've got to lay down your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams. You've got to lay these things down. You've got to lay down all your plans and your ideas. Now, if you push for your ideas to happen, if you push for, for your dreams, for your goals, for, for, for these things of yours to happen, if you push for it, in the long run, you're going to lose everything. But if you surrender them to me, if you give them to me, if you trust me with your future, your life will never be the same again. You see, folks, so often we come to Jesus and, and we hear a message that, that impacts our lives and we recognize our need for change and we recognize our need for Jesus and we, we come up to an altar or we stand in our seat or we, we're connecting with some guy at a rally site and he ends up praying for us or whatever the case may be. But, but we have this moment where we recognize the need for change and we change and we, we say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I don't want to live a selfish life anymore. Lord, I want to follow you with everything and make you lord of my life will you come into my life amen and and there's this moment of change and then we like we've ticked the box we've changed but if we go and look at this exa this exact um conversation that jesus has with these disciples you go look in other in other sections of the gospels and in other translations it'll it'll say this it says if anyone wants to come after me let him deny himself let him take up his cross daily 
and follow me. You see, folks, change isn't a once-off. Change isn't just this prayer to salvation. Change is a lifestyle of surrendering to Jesus' lordship day in and day out. It's not a once-off. It's not a once-a-day. I've found in my life it is often a second-by-second decision that I have to make. You see, Jesus was connecting with God's plan. And he invited his disciples and said, hey, come, come and connect with my plan. See, far too often, what, like with Peter, Peter, Peter has this plan and, and what Peter is saying is, Lord, my plan, I feel is so much better than your plan. It doesn't involve you dying. Like, you know, we can still conquer Rome and still live in victory and blah, 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 because we got you, man. So, so come, Lord, Lord, come bless my plan. Come bless my plan. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 come connect with my plan. Because my plan already carries God's blessing. My plan already carries the blessing of the Father. This morning, folks, in what areas have we hung on to our plan where God is asking for change and asking us to connect with his plan that already carries his blessing? In what areas do I need to allow God to bring change, to lay down my plans, to connect with his plan, to watch him change the world around me? Where are those areas, folks? I believe the most relevant question that we can ask right now is, Lord, what are the areas that I'm hanging on to that you so desire change? Lord, within my life, the things that I've done, the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm looking at down the line that I'm, that I'm going, yes, that's where I want to end up. And, and, and Lord, you might not have that in store for my life. Like, where are the, even just the little things, Lord, the way I treat people, the way I love people, the way that I speak to people, the way that I engage with people that you love, Lord, and I might have a bias towards. Lord, come change these things in my life. Are there areas that you want to change? Maybe this morning you've reached a place where, you, where you're saying, Lord, I really desire to see your plan unfold for my life. I'm not interested in having a great plan and ending up in the wrong place. I, I'm desperate to end up where you want me to end up. So I'm desperate for the needed change. This morning, my whole message changed, <laughs> climbing into the shower. It's kind of awkward because you can't really write there. Um, my, boy, my boy climbed up onto this little step thing that we got in our bedroom. And, and there's, a, there's like this hanging instrument with a ton of scarves on. My, my wife at one stage collected scarves. And they're really nice, soft, florally, real girly scarves. Um, and I love them on her. But the truth be told, that because they are wrapped around her neck, they smell just like her. 
That is fantastic. It really is. Whenever I get lonely, I can just go grab a scarf. So my little guy, he climbs up onto this landing and he gets in amongst these scarves and he's like cuddling himself into the scarves and they're just scarves all over and he's taking the scarves and he's running them over his face. Just running them over his face. And she looks at me and she says, they smell like me. So I look at him and I go, do they smell like your mama? And he like hardly even gives me a second glance. He's just like, mmm. You know, and as I'm climbing into the shower, I'm reminded of when Nats and I were dating. When Nats and I were dating, um, I don't know how to say this without it getting weird in the room. Like I used to kiss her stuckant. Does that? I still do. I still do. But what would happen was, after I'd spend time with her, I'd have to go home, which really sucked. And you can do an incredible thing by changing that by getting married. It's wonderful. Um, and as I'd leave her, I'd go climb into my car and I had a little Corsa Bucky and the cab's really small. And as I'd climb into it, within about 10 minutes, the whole cab would smell like gnats. Why? Because... I had her smell all over me. So when I left her, I smelled like her. And that, as I'd be driving, it would take moments before the, the environment within the cab of my bucky would be permeated with her smell. Why? Because I smelt like her. Folks, do we smell like Jesus? Do we smell like Jesus? Do we carry the fragrance of Jesus wherever we go? You see, here's, here's the thought that came through my mind as I was climbing into the shower this morning. How do we connect with God's plan? We connect with God's plan when we connect with God's heart. We connect with His plan when we connect with His heart. And the only way that we can connect with His heart is by spending intimate time with Him, spending close time with Him, getting so stuck into Him that when we walk away and out into the real world, we carry His fragrance with us. That no matter where we go, as we walk out into public, people pick up on the fragrance of Jesus. People pick up on the fragrance of the King of Kings. People pick up on the fragrance of the Father to the fatherless. People pick up on the fragrance of the comforter for the brokenhearted. The fragrance of hope for the hopeless. The fragrance of peace for those in need of peace. The fragrance of love. Folks, do we carry that fragrance with us? Do, do we connect with the heart of God in a way that as we walk through life, we are lifting Jesus up just by living. And as a result, he draws all men and women to him. As a CMA chapter, 
do you carry the fragrance of Jesus? Or are we too busy gossiping about each other? Or are we too busy with infighting? As the ministry of CMA, as individuals within CMA, folks, as believers in Christ, do we carry the truth of who God is that that fragrance permeates from lives sold out and saturated in Christ? In order for me to connect with his plans, I need to connect with his heart. So this morning, as we close, the worship team's welcome to come forward. You may be sitting there going, Ramon, I desire that. That that you've just said there, I desire that. I so desire for Jesus to be that sort of reality in my life. I really desire to see God's plan unfold for my life. Then here's the question. Here's the question. What change is God challenging us to make that will be uncomfortable at first, but will challenge your life and the lives of others forever? Don't miss the question, folks. Don't miss the question. What change is God challenging you and me to make that will be uncomfortable at first? but will change your life and the lives of others forever. Right there in your seat, eyes closed. Just forget about the people around you. Forget about activity around you. Just ask that question right now. Lord, what do you need me to change? What do you want me to change, Lord? Lord, maybe, maybe it's the way that I speak to people. Lord, maybe the way that I speak to people doesn't speak of your heart for them. Lord, maybe, maybe there's a racial bias that I need to get over, Lord. Where I need to recognize that when this earth suit is turned inside out, we all look the same. Father God, what are the changes that you desire to make in our lives today, Lord? Lord, and as your people just sit there and ask the honest question, Lord. Jesus spoke to people about this moment where he wants to come and pour new wine. But that he can't pour new wine into old wineskins. And that the old wineskins need a change. And that there needs to be new wineskins for new wine. Lord, this morning, what are the wineskins of our lives that you need to change, that you want to change, that we need to surrender to you? Lord, so that you can pour out new wine. Make us relevant to our loved ones. Make us relevant to our colleagues. Make us relevant to our biking family out there. What are the changes that you desire to make? Duncan's going to be doing a song right now. And as Duncan does the song, you don't have to stand, you don't have to sing with, you don't have to do any of that. We're just going to have the words up on the board there for you. And as the words are up on the board, you may want to read them, you may be able to hear them. Uh, but as he sings the song, I pray that in this moment, we will allow the Holy Spirit to just come and speak into the areas that need to change. 
Let's not be passive this morning. Let's allow the Holy Spirit. This morning, as you've done business with God, I believe that no matter who sits here this morning, we all, myself included, have areas that desperately need to change. Areas that desperately need the heart of God for the plan of God, for the change that He desires to see in us. So I'm not going to ask anyone to stand. I'm not going to ask anyone to come forward. But as you sit there right now, I want to just pray with you and just have a seal this, this morning. And if it's you, just agree with me as we pray. Father God, this morning, I thank you that I can come and afresh just surrender my plans. Surrender my, my thought processes, Lord. Surrender the things that I've held on to, but I recognize they're not really of you. Lord, in this morning, I come and I surrender all of these things to you, Lord. I recognize the change that you desire, Lord. The change that you need in my life in order to impact the lives around me. So, Father God, I thank you this morning that we can come and just lay down our lives before you and say, Lord, will you keep me sensitive throughout the course of this week, throughout the course of the next week, Lord? And will you increase my sensitivity to your Holy Spirit in these areas that need to change, Lord? And then will you give me the courage that it takes to make that change? Lord, I desire to come after you. Lord, I desire to lay down my life, to take up your cross daily and follow you. And if you agree this morning, say amen. Amen.